The pre-med path can be super confusing. If you'd love some help on your path or on your applications, use the promo code PMY for pre-med years, PMY over at medicalschoolhq.net and get some help from some of our experts, former directors of admissions, admissions officers, other experts. We have a small team ready to help you today. Again, that's promo code PMY to get a discount on our services at medicalschoolhq.net. The Pre-Med Year, session number 531. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have an awesome guest who shares her success after three application cycles. Before we jump in, though, I want to talk about the MCAT Minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How do you find success with your MCAT prep? I truly believe it's through proper planning. And that's why the free account over at Blueprint MCAT helps so much because you get an amazing study planner tool. The technology built into this study planner tool will take the days that you have available, the time that you have to prep, and look forward to when you are wanting to take the MCAT and tell you exactly what you should be doing each and every step of the way. And when life gets in the way and you miss a day because you're sick or you have something else come up, guess what? Just click, drag, and drop those planned activities to another day so that you can stay on track with your MCAT prep. Go over to Blueprint MCAT right now, blueprintmcat.com to get free access to that amazing study planner tool. All right, let's go ahead and jump in. Say hello to Natalie, who's an immigrant who has applied to medical school now three times and finally found her success. Natalie, welcome to the Pre-Med Years. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. When did you first realize that you wanted to be a physician? Well, I guess the first idea uh, was maybe when I was around 10 or 11 years old. Uh, do you want me to tell you that story? Real yeah, quick? let's do it. Let's go way of back. Course. The way back machine. Sure. That's from my medical school interview. So let me <laughs> go back to that story one more time. Um, so I was born with a congenital heart disease, mm. and I was a pediatric patient, uh, pediatric cardiology patient. Um, so at which, some point, which one do you, do you mind sharing? Yeah, um, I think it's cool. So the thing is, I asked my mom, and she doesn't really remember. Okay. <laughs> and it, it was like an oval window between, I believe, ventricular. So ventricular. Okay. So, oh, so you something. had a you had a VSD, a ventricular septum I th- defect. I th- that's what I think it was. Okay, based on everything my mom told me, it closed when I was uh, a teenager. So, okay, I don't have any records. Like it would be in my parents' house. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Interesting. Okay, but yeah. So, I, I was uh, as a child, I was a uh, frequent at the cardiologist, and um, we were going for annual checkups with my mom. And at some point, I came uh, to one of my checkups actually sorry i will rewind rewind back so the ekgs was a part of the routine checkup and i remember every single time i was uh getting ekg done on me was very cold Mm -hmm. i would 
it's Russia, it's winter. <laughs> I feel like the window is open in my memories. Probably it's not the case, but for me, that's what it was. I'm it's just leaky. laying there. <laughs> lay, I'm laying there naked with all the electrodes attached to me and I'm shivering and it's miserable. That's mm. kind of like my memory of it. Wow. And then at some point, it probably was not the case, but that's how I remember it. Yep. Uh, and then at some point we came to the appointment and my doctor was out of office and there was another doctor visiting. And all she did is she put some pre-warmed electrodes on me and she gave <laughs> me a little cloth to cover myself, like a little sheet. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's this this is such a tiny thing. But for me, it was like, it, it made a, lot, a big impact on me. So for me... I guess thinking back, I was like, well, I guess doctors can be, you know, they they can actually care about you. So that was probably my first thought about it. Mm -hmm. And when uh, it was time for me to choose my career path in Russia, you have to decide really early. I graduated high school at 16. Mm -hmm. So a couple of years before graduation, you start thinking about around 14. So it's mostly the decision of your parents. Yeah. Um, so my mom and my, my dad said, you're not good at chemistry. Well, Lord, I was good at chemistry. Uh, but they say I'm not going to be able to get into uh, medical school um, with, like for free. So there's like a bunch of different routes you can go, but there's a government assistance, so free ride. Mm -hmm. So they say you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, let's stay on the safe side and choose a safe path. So I went to do journalism because that was one of my hobbies and made it my, my, uh, my path Okay. for a while. So yeah. So you went down the journalism path. How far down that path did you go? I graduated and I worked for a couple of years, uh, but there's not a, not a lot of money in the field. Plus everything that I wanted to say, it was not very safe to say, uh, considering the country I was coming from. Yeah. So it, it was just a, a bunch of reasons why I decided not to be a journalist. So I worked for a couple of years. I mostly worked as a sports journalist. Okay. Uh, but I was also very interested in things like uh, journalism of hotspots, like war zone and that type of stuff. And again, my mom was said, absolutely not. You're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just, just a couple of years post-graduation. Okay. What was the impetus for immigrating to the States? Um, I immigrated for love. Yeah. So I, <laughs> my now husband said he doesn't speak any English, any language other than English. So we didn't have a lot of choice and he's American. Okay. <laughs> so, I, and I said, I don't want to go to the U S but here I am. Here you so, are. Yeah, more yeah. yeah, here I am. So, <laughs> so you came to the U S how long ago? That was in 2016. So in 2016, you come to the U S and at that point, right, we have a, a very different system here in the U.S. education system. You uh, can kind of pick your career at any point because, unfortunately, we don't have um, government assistance to pay for school. Uh, students can are, are free to change their mind every two minutes and, and go go follow a different path. At what and point pay for it. And, and pay for it? Yes, of course, out of pocket <laughs> and loans and all that fun stuff. Yeah. At what point did did you potentially go? Oh, wait this this thing is open to me again. So I guess I revisited idea shortly before immigration. I, I met with my husband 2015 and we were talking about our future, how we see ourselves, what we want to do. And I told him that was my initial idea to be a doctor. He said, well, you still can be a doctor. And I yeah. said, well, I'm 26 years old. That sounds <laughs> very late. Like, I don't think I can do it. And he said, no, I think you can. So yeah, when- uh, I like when this I guy. Here, <laughs> 
yeah oh he is my biggest supporter Good. and i'm his so that's that's what kind of <laughs> and he's in a different field so it it also helps yeah <laughs> so um i'm sorry what did you ask <laughs> uh j- just when that idea came back up yeah so um when i when i finally got my documents my uh, my green card and everything and i started to looking for jobs and i started applying for jobs uh with my educational background from a different country i could not find anything mm-hmm. and it was just silence on the other end. So I, w- I talked to a military career advisor. My husband is in the military and they say, well, you want to go back to school? Uh, and they say, go do the same thing that you went to school for. I say, why would I go back to school for something I just spent five years of my life on? That makes no sense. Yeah. Well, maybe it is time to make this you know, leap of faith and, and do what I was hoping to do. So. Yeah. The transition for a lot of people uh, immigrating both from a language standpoint, a culture standpoint, an education system standpoint. It's a lot of things to juggle. How did you find that transition coming and acclimating to to culture, language, education system? Well, luckily, I, I've been speaking English since I was a child. So okay. that was not really a problem. Of course, when you move to a different country, there's vocabulary that you pick up, some some new things. Mm-hmm. But it was not, uh, I've never had a, what do you call, like a language barrier or things mm-hmm. like that. Good. So that, that, that part was good. Also, I have not touched sciences since high school, and I graduated high school in 2005. <laughs> so for me, I was basically learning everything anew. I did remember um, some stuff from, you know, chemistry. And I remember it was it was a funny moment for me when we were going uh, over the periodic table in general chemistry class, and I was like, "Why Na is sodium? If it's <laughs> natrium, it's Na, and K potassium, it's calcium, and all these things." I was thinking of the uh, Latin names, mm-hmm. so that was like a little adjustment. Uh, but overall, I was always a good student, so. I, I didn't take a lot of classes uh, right away. I think my first semester, I only took general biology, general chemistry, and I managed to get both A's in both of them. So that gave me a really big boost of confidence so I can actually do it. Um, there was a little bit of adjustment, I guess, like how my study habits and work with other people, small study groups, all things like that. But yeah, I made it work. I, yeah. I guess I brought something to the table uh, for my peers and they gave something back to me and and that really helped. Yeah, that group environment is is key for that. So that's that's awesome. Yes. One of the other big changes for you is is the path specifically for medical school here in this country. There are a lot of quote unquote hoops to jump through to to get oh, yes. into medical school versus in a lot of other countries, it's hey, I'm gonna take an entrance exam and basically just go to medical school. The yeah. the path here, how did you figure that out as you were you you were going through this journey? Oh, that was trial and error. And I did not get accepted until I was in my third application cycle because all, um, initially when I just mo- moved to the U.S. and I didn't have a lot to do, so I was buried in my computer doing the quote-unquote research. I yep. was saying what I need to do. What I, um, Yeah, that was probably a part of it. Um, I had a pretty good pre-med advisor. I know not a lot of people can say that, but I did have a pretty good pre-med advisor. Um, she helped me to create the postback uh, schedule that worked for me. Um, yeah, so I would say try, trial and error is, is what worked. It's just meeting with other people, seeing what works for them. Um, 
yeah, that was a big part of it. Yeah. Three application cycles. Yes. Let's let's talk about well, them. Well, technic- technically four. I, d- I just skipped the third one, so. <laughs> okay. Well, so, three, four consecutive, but like three total, like where I applied, so. Where, so three submitted applications. Yes. Ac- across four years. Okay. Yes. Let's talk about your first application cycle. What do you think, uh, first of all, did you get any interviews that first application cycle? Oh, absolutely not. No. Okay. I, this Why is not? the only cycle I got interviews and acceptances. This third cycle? Yes. Okay. Is the only successful cycle. Okay. So let, let's talk about the first two kind of combined since no interviews with either of those. Where do you think you went wrong with those applications that no medical schools raised their hand and said, hey, we want to talk to you? Um, probably everywhere. Now <laughs> I think about <laughs> My MCAT was probably the first thing. I, I took MCAT four times. Okay. So the first year I took it twice and I got 500 and then I retook it and I got 495 or something like that. So MCAT was first. GPA was always the good thing. That was pretty much the only thing that never a problem. Um, I did have a lot of ECs. Um, everything that needs to be done, I had it done, like okay. check mark wise. I think I did not have a good way of telling my story. Mm. I was hoping that me, my persona was enough to charm. Just, you know, just the whole idea that I came as an adult by myself and I did all these things and I'm doing well in school. They'd be like, oh, wow, we love you so much. Please, <laughs> please take this acceptance. Please take this interview. Apparently it was not the case. Yeah. So... Probably MCAT was the was the biggest like downside, and probably the writing. Okay. Although I, I'm a journalist, so again, I guess the not what I wrote, but how I wrote about yeah, it. Yeah, the, the the focus, uh, the focus of the writing. So, how did you get feedback those those first two cycles? Did did you reach out to the schools? Did you have a pre med advisor you were working with? How did you figure out? how to tweak those applications so that you can have this successful third cycle? I think at this point, my advisor left the school. So <laughs> they're like, I can't work with you anymore. So I'm yeah. just going to quit. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not because of me. She retired. <laughs> so um, I, I don't think I asked for any feedback from her, but I think I was uh, getting feedback from professors mm-hmm. I was making connections with professors uh, from other students that were more successful than myself, my peers. Um, but I knew that MCAT was probably my biggest thing that I needed to work on and something that I need to tackle with better preparation, I guess, better mental health, better yeah. approach. Yeah. So. so 500 and 495 were first cycle MCAT scores. Did you retake it for the second cycle? Yes, for second cycle, I retook it. And for some reason, I got 497, although I was averaging 510 on the practice oh. exams. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. Yeah, and it, it was the the COVID one. So I, okay. yeah, it was the COVID cycle. So I kind of blame that, <laughs> that whole thing that happened in 2020 to us too, to it. So yeah, from a mental health perspective, right? Immigrant to this country, trying to, to, get into school here, follow this passion, this dream that you've had since you were a, a young girl. You go through two application cycles, you get your third MCAT score back and it's it's lower, much lower than uh, number one, you, a previous score that you've received and your practice scores. How do you deal with what, what feels like lots of rejection in the moment? 
I think at that point, I thought that I want to take a little detour and get a master's degree done. So it's also another thing. Since my, my first degree is in, uh, in journalism, I was taking the pre-med classes, the DUI post-bac, whatever they call mm-hmm. it. So I didn't have a degree from the U.S. Okay. And for me, my options were, I took all the hard classes at this point. I was taking like advanced organic chemistry for funsies. Um, <laughs> classes, for funsies. Yeah, I really love organic chemistry. That's what I was talking about when my mom was like, oh, you're not good at chemistry. I was a tutor for organic chemistry. Like I loved it so much. Yeah. And I did really well. Um, but anyway, so I took all the hard classes and for me, uh, it wasn't, I could have transitioned, so I put some of the credits, what do I call it? transfer the credits and then get a bachelor's, uh, at my, uh, home university. But then I would just need to take like easy classes, like whatever they are, mm-hmm. you know, all, all the general education classes. And I was like, well, where's the challenge in that? Let's yeah. go ahead and get the master's in biochemistry and molecular biology. So I did. Okay. And for me in in my school, that master's degree is pretty challenging. Uh, I don't know about other schools, but we had classes with a PhD student. So it was very intensive and more like very research heavy. Um, so I did not have time to worry about med school preparation, although it was in the back of my mind. I knew that's my ultimate goal, but I knew I have to put it aside for a second to focus uh, on my studies in, in my master's degree. So that kind of helped me. Yeah. And that's why I skipped the the cycle, the third cycle, because I, I knew I'm, I'm not going to be able to graduate and with all the hard stuff that's going on and study for MCAT yeah. at the same time. Were you doing the master's as a break or were you doing the master's hoping that it would prove something to the med schools? Um, two in one. Yeah. Yeah. Both. I thought it was, it was a good thing to do. Yeah. Okay. You have your international degree. Right, mm-hmm. Your your journal, journalism degree. How many credits of undergrad classes had you have taken here in the in the states? Undergraduate, I had seventy seven. Okay, I believe. Yeah. When you were looking at schools and applying, did you look at what schools would accept you without a quote unquote bachelor's degree here in the states? And and how many credits potentially you would need to apply? Because there's there's some yes. typically rules around that. Yeah, some some schools, most of the schools, I would say, require 60 credit hours. Okay. Some schools require 90 credit hours. Mm-hmm. And I went to a website of each school I applied to, and I read verbatim like what they say, what their requirements are. Yeah. So some schools are very precise. Like they want to have a bachelor's degree from, from the U.S. Uh, graduate degree from the U.S. does not count. So I was like, if I have a PhD from Harvard, you're not going to take me unless yep. I have a bachelor's degree from some college. <laughs> like, yep. you know, it's it's so but. Yeah. Yes, I did pay attention to that. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of people don't pay attention to, mm-hmm. especially high school students and, and parents of high school students who are like, oh, let's go to some prestigious university overseas. And I'm like, if your goal is to come back to the States to go to med school, do not leave the country for for college because it yeah. just, it complicates everything. Uh yeah, I, I'm not sure why, like why we're so elitist about that, why med schools are like, oh, we will not accept an Oxford uh, degree. Uh, it's, it's just weird. So I'm glad you you understood that. You did the research. You figured that out. And uh, definitely 90 degree, uh, ninety credit hours is super common, 60 uh, common. And then some are random. I had a student a couple of years ago who 
was able to find like four or five schools that would accept him with 30 credit hours. He, he literally mm-hmm. had an Oxford degree. Um, and, uh, and so he figured out a way to get 30 credit hours here locally and then, and then applied to a few, a few schools that would accept that. So, so you get your master's in biochemistry. You're, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you did well in that. Yes. Fourth MCAT. Yes. Did you figure it out? Did you just scrape by? Like, what what was the game plan for going into that fourth MCAT and going, okay, this is going to be different? So, um, at this point, I took the, um, what is it called? The preparation course. Okay. I'm not going to name the <laughs> the company that I used. Why not? But yes, I did. The, <laughs> um, I, you want me to tell it? I, 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 can say. I don't care. Yeah. I did the, the Princeton review. Okay. So, um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it helped me a lot. Um, it was not very applicable as far as, as far as their approach to the full length exams is a little different than the official AMC, but it did get a lot of, uh, strategy advice. Okay. So that, that helped me. I think the biggest thing that I have done for myself to change my approach is again, I, I was talking about that before, like how, I paid a lot of attention to my mental health because for me, it's the fourth MCAT. It's my fourth year trying to get in. And at, at some point you, you need to know when to stop. So I was thinking that probably would be my last shot. Okay. Um, so it was the first time in my life. I actually uh, did the, the, what is it called? The, the, the mental health advising mm-hmm. um, therapy. Yeah, therapy. Thank you. I yeah. was like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's and what it is, mental I, health advising. <laughs> yeah. And the free advice, like whatever my therapist told me, I can tell everybody so they don't have to pay all the money that I paid. Just do things that make you feel better about yourself. Yeah. Your little little mental health things that are individual for each person. So you want to go to bed. If you, you don't feel well when you scroll TikTok for two hours before you finally pass out and put your phone back, don't do that. Read a book instead. Yeah. Do some skincare. Light up a candle. Each one of us have different things that we know about ourselves that uh, make us feel better. So prioritizing these things and prioritizing mental health, that definitely helped me approach this with a better better mindset. Okay. So some mental health stuff, some better self-care, uh, preparation course, uh, some better strategy. How'd that, fit, that fourth score come back? I got 510. So it was a little lower than I was hoping, but I knew it was good enough. So I I was, I was happy. Okay. So with a much better score, right? Much closer to average, at least for AMCAS scores, your, your GPA being solid, having a master's degree now, how did you approach your third and now final application cycle? Did, did you take a different approach to it? Did you kind of do the same things just with better stats and, and some, some better GPA under your belt? I also completely rewrote all of my essays for the primary application. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really love my, my original version of my uh, personal statement. It was great, but I don't think it answered the question why I wanted to be a doctor. I was more telling how great of a doctor I'm going to be. Yeah. And I'm sure it's a common problem among, among a lot of students. So I, I found it in me. I included some stories from my childhood. Everything that you advise, I definitely incorporated that as well. You know, find this, this is my seed. This is how I watered it. Like that, that general yeah. rewriting helped. And plus with the, um, 
with the activities uh, section as well. I also rewrote them instead of just saying what I did and like, you know, the bullet point duties, very silly approach that yeah. again, a lot of students do. I just wrote a little story for each one of them. Nice. Much, so much. Better. I'm sure that helped. Yeah. yeah, of course it helped. Of course. Um, I'll take all the credit. Um, the Oh so, yeah, your credit was there. Don't <laughs> worry. Yes, definitely was there. The support right you, you talked about how your your husband is is a big um support for you um big motivator big um I, I forget the word um anyway uh what was that like going through this process two application cycles no interview invites and you're you're trying to come up with your game plan potentially thinking as you mentioned like is this the last time i'm going to do this how is he supporting you through this or what, what were those conversations like with him? Oh, he, he was supporting me throughout the, the entire process and he's, yeah, he's always been my biggest supporter. Uh, he's very angry at this whole system, obviously. So most of our conversation is, is him ranting about how much he hates the, the process and, you know, yeah. the institution. And I was like, yeah, I understand. So he knows a lot about this process now. He said he wished he wouldn't, what he does <laughs> yeah and i was like this is this is just the beginning i just got into med school just wait, just it's gonna wait. Be worse. <laughs> just wait. yeah okay so he's he's there supporting you all along the way you mentioned that he's in the military not anymore but not was, anymore yes. okay all right so we don't have to go down that path because active duty military and a medical school spouse are kind of competing um competing priorities yeah. so that i'm glad that uh that isn't there anymore when you got your first interview invite, what was that like for you? Oh God, I, it's funny because my first interview invite was um, it was from my state school, and it was it was so fast. It was early July, wow. early July. So it was insane. So I was like, wait, there's no way this is what's happening. And it was they invited, they asked me if I'm interested in one of the concentration, um, what are they called? It's scholarly concentration programs. So it wasn't like an interview invite per se was, are you interested in this program? And if you are, we're going to send you an interview invite. Uh-huh. And I said, yes, yes, I'm very interested. <laughs> and it was true because I, that was the scholarly concentration of my choice. Okay. So I responded to them pretty much right away and they scheduled the interview with me also pretty, pretty fast. That's so cool. yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's no way that's happening so fast. But <laughs> what, what was that it. like? I, I'm assuming you told your husband first. Oh, he was in the car with me. He's driving and I'm, and I'm looking, checking my phone. I was like, wait, I think I got the interview. He's like, oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah, he was right there. That's amazing. How were those interviews like for you? Um, so it went, it went great. Um, fun fact, I went traveling. It's my one thing about me. We love to travel a lot. And I was in Portugal when it was my med school interview. So I made sure I prepare everything. I, I brought my suit, my all of my, you know, Smart. official official clothes. I made sure nobody's in my room. Nobody's bothering me. So they didn't even ask about it. But we had a very nice conversation. And I, I had, so I overall, I had two interviews and both of them were very laid back. Both of them were very nice. And they were both two, one-on-one or two-on-one. So yeah. no MMIs, no nothing like that. So two interviews, uh, obviously at least one acceptance. Did you get two acceptances? Two acceptances. Awesome. To acceptance it is. What was it like to get that first acceptance? Oh my God. It, it, they send the the acceptances through letters, for, through the snail mail. Snail mail. So, Still, wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's how I, I got why. mine way back in the day. Snail mail. My mom was like, hey, because it went to my, my permanent address, which was my yeah. mom's house. Um, still snail mail. That's interesting. They, they, they still do that. And I know like a lot of students, they, they say their parents got it. So they, that's how they knew. But I checked the mailbox and at this point, my school released the, they released the acceptances 15th of each month. So mm-hmm. each month you, you wait, but they, it's not a rolling admission for some reason. So they don't, it doesn't mean that if you interviewed early, it doesn't mean you're going to hear it early. So I got accepted in February. Okay. So I interviewed in August and heard back in February. So that was a long wait. Yeah. But at that point I was like, it's fine. It is what it is. At this point I, lo- I kind of lost hope. So mm-hmm. I wasn't really expecting it. So I just casually checked my mailbox and I saw the envelope. Big and envelope. Also it's the sc- Big envelope. Big envelope. <laughs> yeah. So my shaking hands, I'm riding, I'm, I'm running inside. I'm screaming my husband's name and he's like on a work call or something. He works from home. So I was just like, turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm literally shaking. I'm like chewing that envelope. And then obviously I started crying. My dog is barking, <laughs> jumping. It's, it's pure chaos. But yeah, it was, it was a very emotional moment. Yeah. That's awesome. For both of us. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure. That's amazing. <laughs> Two acceptances. How do you figure out which one to go to? Ooh, I'm still doing it. You <laughs> still I'm, are. I'm, I still Coming I down still to the have, wire. You have a couple I days. Have tw- I, have, I have 20 days. 20 <laughs> days. Um, for the other school. So one is my state school. The other one, uh, can I say what school? Or? You can say anything, yeah. Actually, when is it going to come out? (laughs) (laughs) This isn't coming out until the end of May-ish. Okay, good. At that point, I'm already going to know. Okay. So uh, the other one is uh, Tulane University in New Orleans. Okay. Uh, So I have never been to New Orleans. And we're going to go for the second day look this weekend, actually. So I'm very excited. I love both of schools and both of them have their pros and cons. So I'm, I'm still thinking. Okay. So I'm still not sure. Okay. Still trying to figure that out. Um, so pros yeah. and cons list. Um, I'm sure tuition will be a, a potential big yes. factor. Yes. It's twice the difference. Literally yeah. twice. Yeah. But then I'm also thinking I might do the HPSP and that way it doesn't matter. So okay. I don't know. Interesting. So HPSP, that would definitely help um, mm-hmm. pay for the costs. And uh, are you a citizen yet or no? Yes, I am. So you're a citizen. So HPSP... Um, uh, is, is fine there. Interesting. Okay. For a student listening to this, um, may, maybe even pre-immigration, right? But they're, they're trying to figure out, should I go to the state? Should I pursue this path, this dream that I've had to, to go to medicine, go, go to medical school? What, what words of wisdom do you have for them? I actually had a lot of students uh, that I met in my, in my school uh, that approached me. And we, when we started to talk, students from my country or neighboring countries and when the second that they learn i'm i'm gonna go to medicine and it's a career change they say oh i want to do that as well and i was like okay that's you 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 definitely can it's hard but it's definitely doable yeah uh make sure that you have a good support system if you don't have one it's fine just find something that just keeps you going and have a big have the answer to the big question why and just just know why you want to do it and in the end of the day, that's all going to be worth it. So you just going to be somebody's doctor. Yeah. What does the the future hold for you? What do you, do you have a specific specialty in mind yet? I am very open. I am interested in emergency medicine. I work as a clinical uh, research scientist in emergency medicine right now. Um, but I, I don't even know if I want to do medicine or surgery yet. So I, I would like 
I would like to try everything and, and see. There's things I know I don't want to do, but as far as what I want to do, I'm not, not 100% sure yet. All right, there you have it. Hopefully this was inspirational for you, exciting, and, and hopefully motivating to, to help you keep going on your journey to medical school because sometimes we don't get in the first time. I'm raising my hand right now. I didn't get in the first time I applied. I figured out why. I reapplied and got in. Natalie took her one extra year to, to get through that process, but now she is on her way to medical school. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next time here on The Premed Years. And don't forget to check out Blueprint MCAT's amazing study planner tool over at blueprintmcat.com. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. This is MedEd Media.